Welcome to another edition of the Litigation and Psychology Podcast, brought to you by Courtroom Sciences downtown St. Louis. Again, yep, back in St. Louis. I guess I am not going to start off this podcast with a rant. I'm going to go the other direction. I got some major compliments for the Marriott Grand downtown. What a fabulous place. Uh, wonderful service, beautiful hotel, fantastic, and I mean fantastic fitness facility on the third floor. But I got to tell you what I experienced this morning for breakfast. They have a smoked chicken omelet that is absolutely to die for. To, I mean, I had to tell the waitress, get the chef. I want him at my table because I got to shake this guy's hand. He came out and we had a nice discussion. Unbelievable. Again, the smoked chicken omelet to die for. Only thing I'm ever getting again every time I come here. So thank you, Marriott Grand. Uh, we got a great episode for you today because we're going to start an email, a client email that I got less than 30 minutes ago. And let's read it. Now, I'm not going to identify who sent it or the company, but in the subject of the email, subject line, it's the trucking company's name plus CSI equals winning combination. Dear Bill, just wanted to share with you that following our recent focus group, our case settled pre-trial for well below the most recent demand. I am confident this outcome wouldn't have been possible without the CSI team. Among other things, the CSI process, let me repeat that, the CSI process gave us greater insight into our case and the confidence to push the right buttons at the most opportune time. We look forward to working with you and your team on future cases. And this is from the head of risk management of a top 10 trucking company here in the United States. Now, a little backstory about this is that they hired our number one competitor a few months ago to do jury research. Now, you all know who that is, okay? They're the Amazon of jury consulting. They're very big. They've got a huge staff, okay? You know who they are. I know who they are. But they had called and said, we didn't like the way it went. We weren't satisfied with the results. We didn't like the process. And they kind of told me how they staffed it. I didn't agree with that. So they called us because the results that they got, they were not comfortable with. So we do our project, the CSI way, the Kanaski way. And guess what we found? We found, well, I, I can't give you specifics. Let's just say our results were the polar opposite results of what our competitor found. Why? Process. Research methodology, folks, you have to have people that are trained in the scientific method to do your science for you, and that's what we're doing. We're predicting human behavior. That requires a certain methodology, uh, uh, certain skills and backgrounds, and advanced training in social science to accomplish this. So I am very pleased. Uh, this client, by the way, new client, 
And how did they find me? Well, they attended one of my speeches, which I'm about to go to right down the street here at the Missouri Athletic Club and talk for two hours on why bad things happen in litigation. I'll hit that again before the end of the podcast. But here's the point. It's the process. Okay, not all jury research is the same. Not all litigation and trial consultants or jury consultants are the same. And what this competitor did was they sent in the B team because they gave me, they showed me the report. They showed me the report. I saw who was on the report. I know the who's who in this industry. They sent the B team. They sent the B team on a multi-million dollar case. They sent the B team into a playoff game. No, 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 no. When they called us, what did CSI do? I sent in the all-star lineup, the A team, led by Ava Hernandez, by the way. By the way, budding superstar. She's been on the podcast a couple of times, going to have her on again. Absolute rising superstar. And she had up that team, and now we have a happy client who settled their case for under the value of the demand. Why? Process, folks. Process. There's a system here. There's a right way to do this and a wrong way to do this. And by the way, it's garbage in, garbage out. You want to save money? Hey, if you, I'll tell you this right now. If you're a client, if you're a claims person right now, or you're a defense counsel, and you or your clients, if their top priority is cost savings, I am not your guy. CSI is not your firm. I'm just telling you that right now. We are here to win. Winning, winning, winning. That's what we are here to do. There's a certain way you have to do things to do that. And yes, it's going to cost a couple bucks. It's going to cost a couple bucks. If you can't get over that, then that's... That's, that's going to be that's going to be a multi-million dollar uh, problem because if they would have went listen so if this new client goes with the first round of research they did with the competitor who knows what that case would have settled for who knows could have settled well above or maybe it do, maybe it doesn't settle maybe it doesn't settle but because of what we did they got their true strengths and weaknesses they figured out how much this case is actually worth, and they used that in settlement negotiations. That is fantastic. That's the way it should be. There is, ladies and gentlemen, there is a right way to do this. There's a wrong way to do this. But they figured it out. They figured it out. So we look forward to working with this new trucking client going forward. But listen, I don't care if you're in medical industry, health, products, construction, General premises lab, it doesn't matter. The system is the same. It's the process combined with the people you have running your research. Okay? Garbage in, garbage out. And yeah, you're going to save a couple bucks on your garbage system. But boy, is it going to cost you down the road. All right. So actually, that kind of turned into a little bit of a rant. See? So you got... We started really positive with the uh, Marriott Grand compliments. Then we shift into a little bit of a rant. But listen, happy client, right? This is how it should be. And you probably got a playoff turn that's not very happy. Which, you know, that's just how it goes, plaintiff attorneys. 
And I know you're listening. Not, hey, that's good. I like it. I, I listen to the plaintiff podcast. They got good stuff. They're well done. So now what are we going to talk about today? Okay, here's what we're going to talk about today. I made a LinkedIn post earlier in the week talking about the importance of effective listening skills during testimony by the witness. And I also said that it is a skill that must be taught and that it is neurocognitively impossible, neurocognitively impossible to be a really good listener without being taught because your brain's not wired to do that. Okay. Brain is not wired at all to do that. And so that's half of my job, <laughs> teaching, teaching witnesses how to effectively listen because they've never done it before. Okay. And someone responded to my post. There's a lot of positive responses. And one said, yes, I agree. Active listening is such an important skill. And I replied right back and posted, uh, no, <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, active listening is actually the opposite of what you want to do um, as a witness. And I think there was some confusion there. So this podcast is to really talk to you about active listening. And I know everybody thinks that's a positive thing. And it is in most situations, but certainly not in deposition. So what is active listening? Okay. So active listening is when you're communicating with somebody else. Okay. And as they're talking to you, particularly if they're expressing their feelings about something, you are analyzing their facial expression, their gestures, their body language, their tone, to truly understand what they're saying. And then you show changes in your body language, right, with your head nods, with your gestures, with your posture, your body language, to send a signal to them that, hey, I understand. I get what you're saying. That, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, is active listening. Ready for this? When I was in graduate school at the University of Florida, they hired me for a full semester to teach the science, right, and the process of active listening to medical students. And other students in there, like the ally, like the physical therapists, the nurses, there's like a class of 100 people. And for a whole semester, I talked active listening. Okay. And I think, I think people misinterpret active listening because you have a lot. I've heard this more than once before that, hey, witnesses really need to be active witness, witness, uh, that, that witnesses need to be active listeners because they'll, they'll do better in the depth. Nothing further could, could be true. It's, it, that, is not, that is not the case because a couple of reasons. Number one, when I teach a witness to listen, the last thing I want from them is active listening. I want passive focus listening. Okay. I want passive focused listening. I don't want them interpreting body language and facial expressions from plaintiff's counsel. We all know what that's about. Listen, you don't want to do active listening in an adversarial interaction. And that's what a deposition is. It's exactly what deposition is. And many of the questioners are trying to manipulate the witness. 
They're trying to get the witness into amygdala hijack, fight or flight. Okay? Or they're trying to butter up the witness. Be super nice. Get their guard down. So active listening is not going to do anything for the witness. You should not instruct your witness to be actively listening to anything because by definition, you'd actually be playing right into the um, the cross-examiner's hands. Let me say another thing about active listening. By definition, okay? Again, folks, I used to teach this stuff. Active listening does not make you a good listener. That's not the purpose of active listening. The, act, the purpose of active listening is to send nonverbal messages to the person talking to you that, that you're empathetic, that you're understanding, that you're open, and that you're receiving the message. That, by definition, is active listening. Well, we don't need that in deposition now, do we? No. So instead, what I teach witnesses and what I'm going to educate you about right now is passive focused listening, meaning we can't get sucked in to nonverbal signals from the questioner. Okay. We can't get sucked in to an attorney that's being super nice and super uh, professional. Okay. We can't get sucked into a fight to an aggressive questioner that wants to get the witness in the fight or flight. That is not going to work. So instead, I teach witnesses passive listening, focused listening, because they have to process okay, every single word in that question. And if they're actively listening, they're not going to be a good member. It's, it's cognitive multitasking. If, they're, if you're listening and also analyzing the attorney's behavior at the same time, your cognitive multitasking, your listening ability is going to decrease. Okay? It's like, it's like driving your car on the interstate and you're talking on your phone via your Bluetooth. Okay? That's perfectly within the law. Okay? But guess what? Your reaction time suffers in that situation. It suffers. Why? Cognitive multitasking. You're doing many different things at once. You're listening, you're talking, right, on your, on your Bluetooth or your headset. You're analyzing the people in front of you. You're looking in your rearview mirror. You're looking at street signs, whatever. That's a lot of information to process simultaneously, and it hurts your reaction time. Same thing with witness testimony. If your witness is cognitively juggling multiple activities, they're ability to comprehend the question will naturally suffer. So let's get all off of this uh, active listening. It, no, that's not what it is. It sounds really good. And by the way, active listening is fantastic for the workplace. If you're a healthcare professional talking to patients, and that's why I was teaching that class, it's perfect. Okay. It's perfect for your home life. If you have a, if you're married or have a family and you're talking to your spouse, you're talking to your kids, Yes, learn active listening skills. If you are a supervisor and you're talking to one of your employees, yes, active listening is really important. If you're an attorney, if you're a defense attorney, active listening is really important when you're talking to your clients. 
your corporate client, your insurance company rep, and the fact witnesses and corporate witnesses in your case. And here, here's a bonus section. Plaintiff attorneys. Plaintiff attorneys. I know you're out there. I know you listen because you tell me that you listen. You need to practice active listening when you're talking to your clients. Okay? See, so you always got to throw something there for the plaintiff attorneys. They can use this stuff too. Okay? But don't be teaching your witnesses during testimony to, to be doing active listening. That is going to be a disaster. And it's actually, I teach the polar opposite. So, short podcast today. I'm going uh, right down the street at three blocks to walk. Uh, going down to uh, talk to, it's actually a maritime law uh, group, uh, which is interesting. I did a little case study on the uh, Branson uh, duck boat tragedy that I worked on. Going to talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, talk about nuclear verdicts. Yeah, really more about nuclear settlements, right? Nuclear settlements and the things that are leading, leading up to these things. Okay, what are What's the defense bar doing and what are corporate clients doing to put themselves in bad situations? And by the way, it's usually preventable. It's usually preventable. Poor defense witness testimony at deposition will kill your case. Exponentially multiplies the value of the case. Take care of that. Call me. Please. Okay, how you deal with your conduct in the case. Okay, how are you going to deal with dash cam video? How are you going to de deal with very, very bad photographs of accident sites, whether it be on the roadway or construction site? Okay, how are you going to deal with that? Well, you better test it like we just did for this trucking company. You better test it and see how jurors really feel. Otherwise, you're you're driving down the road at night without headlights on into a lawsuit. It's crazy. The financial implications of that is absolutely insane. Test the evidence. Test your witnesses with mock jury research. And remember, remember how I started this part? It's the process combined with the qualifications. <clears throat> I've seen some jury consultants out there. I'm like, you're a jury consultant? Oh, man. Due diligence, folks. Garbage in, garbage out. Okay? Now, back to bad things happening. Now, a couple things. Uh, jury selection. If you do get to trial, oh, my gosh. Defense counsel, you need, you need a better voir dire questions and better process. I teach that stuff. Okay? You're not asking the right questions. And you're asking questions from 2002. Doesn't work. People have changed. Jurors have changed. I know we've upgraded our arsenal of questions to tap into certain predict uh, predictable factors. Yeah, well, that's kind of important. You need to know that. Okay? Now, some things that you can't change, some things I cannot help you with, which I'm going to bring up in this speech. You know, you're in a judicial hellhole with shitty jurors and a shitty judge. I'm sitting in one of them right now. St. Louis. St. Louis is not the place to go to trial. It's brutal. And you got Clark County, Las Vegas, 
Cook County, Chicago, pretty obvious. Anywhere in the state of California, Seattle sucks. But who's the number one ranking? Anybody remember? Number one ranking for 2003, the number one ranking. And they got the number one team in college football, and they got the number one ranking for judicial hellholes, Georgia. Yes, the Atlanta area is <laughs> tough, but the whole state's tough. So we're going to talk about that. Um, otherwise, um, what I did this weekend was fantastic. I'm a big music fan, and uh, my wife and I went over to Tampa, Florida. Took the took the drive uh, over uh, on on I four on the four, and went and saw uh, Three Doors Down. Three Doors Down, fantastic. They're currently on tour. I highly recommend Three Doors Down. Every song they play, you're like, yes, I know that one. It was fan- It was it was phenomenal. And, get, and who opened up for them? Candlebox. Now, again, if you're a Gen Xer like me, you know exactly who Candlebox is. Okay? Far behind, right? Fantastic concert. Enjoyed the weekend. Went over to St. Pete Beach a little bit. And then took some time and went up to the room and watched the, uh, the Tar Heels take down the Golden Gophers of Minnesota on ESPN at 3.30. Tar Heels are 3-0, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Can't do it. This is a fun podcast. I'm going to head over to this facility. Uh, i got a two-hour speech ahead. But remember, let's go back to this, okay? okay? You got Doing jury research is exactly what the plaintiff's bar is doing. They openly brag about it, and they do it really well, and they do it often. They do it early. You can do the same thing. But you got to use the right process and you got to use the right people. Okay? Got to use the right process, the right people. And then when you're talking to these witnesses, preparing them for DEP, okay? Stop with the active listening stuff. We need passive focused listening because that is going to lock them in 100% neurocognitive attention on that question. So they can soak it in, then they can fully process it, and then you're going to have effective answers. All right. So thank you very much. Thank you again. We love this podcast. We have a lot of fun with it. We've got some great guests coming up in the coming weeks. And again, we're approaching number 200, so we're episode number 200. got to figure out something for that. I'm kicking around a couple ideas, but um, we love it. Hope you love it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We really appreciate you participating in this edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast. This is Dr. Bill Kanaski. We'll see you next time.